Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is our resident comedian, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? That's a funny thing about that, Matt. I'm uh, I'm doing real good, real good. How are you? Man, you are just the most consistent per. Every week I ask you how you're doing, and every week you say you're doing really good. Yep, the meds are working. <laughs> if you want to let us know how your holy week is going, you can find us on Twitter at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey It's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry Z A C Mabry. Email us at podcast at romancircusblog.com. We still have that, Zach. We do. $12 a year, man. <laughs> and I, uh, I pay it with with joy. With joy. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash romancircuspod. I feel like to... it's a good time to join that because we're charging $0 this month. Oh, yeah, that's true. $0 for the month of April. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, the iTunes thing. If you uh, are new to the podcast and want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, feel free. We always enjoy getting reviews. And that is about it. Whenever we get a bad review, uh, Matt sends me a, a screenshot with the with LOL, and then <laughs> I read it to my parents, and they're like, are you in danger? We have a very special guest this week, Zach. All of our guests are very special, but this one is also special. It's uh, yes, yeah, very special. Actually, people have asked why we haven't had this guest sooner, and I was trying to explain. Like, you have to understand, for Matt and I, we know like dozens and dozens, hundreds, really, of, of famous people. Mm-hmm. And when when you have a lot of famous friends, you don't just go asking them to come on your podcast. It's sort of insensitive because like, right. they're people too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they it may- is a quarantine. It's unprecedented. <laughs> um, so we, we asked one of our very famous friends to come on the podcast. And we also agreed to give him 15% of our Trump bucks whenever they arrive. Yep. Yeah. And the you know. PPP money. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. It's Jeremy McClellan, the great Jeremy McClellan, uh, Pakistan's own Jeremy McClellan. And let's just get right to it. Let's do it. Our guest today um, is a very special friend of ours, um, friend of the pod and friend of the Pakistani intelligence services. Um, (laughs) You may know him from his stand-up comedy, from his his live streams, his, his Patreon specials that he's been doing. Um, but it's it's Catholic Twitter's own Jeremy McClellan. Jeremy, Aww, welcome you. to the Roman Circus Podcast. I am so excited to be here. That's great. And, yeah, we're excited to have you. Yeah. I every every day we've done this podcast, I've asked Zach. I said, "Can you ask Jeremy to come on?" Yeah. And uh, well, I had and I'm to like, make no. Him... That's so lame. Like, no, you can't, I I, like, I you wanted to go on. I've been wanting to go on for a long time, and the only way that I was able to bribe my way on is to make Zach the godfather of, of my of my son. Yeah, so we were one we were wondering who was going to have the balls to actually mm. follow through and do that and yeah. uh you know, we're we're glad it's you. You you <laughs> have you you <laughs> you took the bullet for the rest of us. Right. You're you're batting a you're batting a million percent on godparents for your children here. Mm. I, I know, I think so. I I got to have one lemon in there at, at some point. Or just, I mean, I feel like the, the, a good, 
Godfather is what you get when you realize that you're the lemon. And, and oh. you're like, well, I need to yeah. find somebody to balance, to, like, to balance this out. So, if you're, I think the the old phrase is, if you're in a room with all the godparents of your children and you can't spot the lemon, the lemon then, is you. Yeah, then you're then you're the lemon. Yeah, yeah. That's like it's, a that's like a um, uh, a staple kind of hack joke now. I think Dane Cook was the first person to do it on stage, but it became. Uh, or maybe it was hack when he did it, but the idea that like if you didn't laugh at that, then like you're the person I'm talking about. Or if you're like I, you know I don't I don't have a friend like that, then like then you're the friend. Yeah, if you don't know blank, then you're right. blank. Yeah. Right. It's a it's good. A, it's it's a good it's, structure. It's yeah. an easy out to really cover your cover your it bases because, on yeah, a terrible any, joke. Right, especially anybody who's. Yeah, it's a good it's a good out, and there's something. But it's it's become hack. But like the the like the easy out thing. But my favorite version of this, and it's not hack at all, is uh, Jim Gaffigan. So Jim Gaffigan, if you if listen to his stand up, he has this voice that he does, which is like right. the voice of the woman in the audience. Yeah. Like criticizing him, and it's so brilliant because, like, any because there's like there's always like a remainder when you write a joke where you're like maybe they'll think this. And for him, it's just that's the second part of the joke. And it also gives him an out where if he does anything, you know, um, even even remotely not funny, like then he has that out. It's just like this perfect parachute that he created. And I, I'm angry about it every day that I can't do it. Yeah. Well, I kind of like that. Like if somebody it's like you say something and someone's like, I don't think that's funny. And you're like, well. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've, like, put it on them. Right, like, maybe that joke isn't for you. And I think about yeah. that a lot with uh, with people who are, like, joke sommeliers on <laughs> on Twitter or on Facebook. I call, them, I call them that because, like, you'll you'll tweet something that's just a random thought. And, like, it's really good creatively to be able to do that, to, to have the freedom and not have any friction when you're deciding what to post. Um, it, it's good because you use people's feedback to make stuff better and it's just a really good process um, but <laughs> every once in a while you'll get someone who comments and they're like mm, this isn't your best you know I feel like you're slipping in the last few days and I'm like this is like some wine taster who's like you know like I'm getting hints of like maybe you had a bad morning <laughs> I'm like it's a joke like you're you're analyzing it so seriously it just sucks all the fun out of it yeah. So actually, on that level, not to just go right Please, into controversy, let's do it, yeah. But uh, people like when when everything with the current pandemic and coronavirus started, people at first were like, "Don't joke about coronavirus. People mm -hmm. are dying." And so, like as a comedian, I was like, "Wow, they're like they're like taking your 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 craft away." Like, yeah. What don't do write poetry. Nobody write poetry. Poets, shut up. <laughs> like. There's a, I mean, there's a I, pandemic I going on. Poetry, so. You can't <laughs> write music now. This is not the time for music. This is not the time for accounting. If you're an accountant, shut up. Like it's the. I it's wish the people, only, I've been like begging people to take that tone. I'm like, guys, the, the deadline's only, <laughs> pushed off, and they're like, no, we want our refunds now. And I'm like, oh. But it's true though. Like every like it's like comedy is like the only artistic genre where people are like, uh-uh, shut up. Like when it's or you have to wait like a ridiculous amount of time to tell a joke but then like 
you know, it's not funny. Like it, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like it's we see funny. we need laughter more when I mean like it's like yeah people are dying like we need to to keep yeah, it and lighthearted and it's, and right. It's, it's not just like to cheer people up like people are sad and they need to be cheered up. It's just that humor is like a way of viewing the world that uh, is really healthy for processing difficult um, d- like difficult emotions, difficult experiences, trauma, things like that. And it's like a really, really healthy coping mechanism. It's not what people think of, uh, you know, as far as coping where you're, you know, you go do something to get your mind off of it. Comedy doesn't necessarily get your mind off of something tragic. It is like just a way of viewing tragedy. I mean, I, I've never well, been to a funeral. Like in, instead I've of never like been to a funeral away. where people aren't joking. Say, say it again. Yeah, like instead of looking away in a sense with comedy, you're, you are confronting the 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 situation right it's a way of i see it as um a you know at its best it is a form of humility um and it it instills humility which is ironic because comedians are really arrogant people but i think like comedians a lot of times just come off that way because we're free um like we don't really respect people you know who are important and we can sort of say what we want and um, yeah, like I I like Boris Johnson, but I've had the hardest time not joking about yeah. like, him having coronavirus because it, <laughs> it's just like he's a funny person. He is a like, funny person, and, and you look, like you look at him and his hair and the way. I mean, he knows it. Like he's right. He's in on the like I'm a like a clown person, and yes. I I like him in the sense that uh, if you go find like your random Brit person that's like you know they're like yeah he speaks for us like he has mm-hmm. bad teeth and bad hair and he, he but he just sort of comes to conclusions like um i i like him and uh, but it's assuming he doesn't die it's like it's kind of hilarious that he that he, he got even, even if he does die i think that there is a, a thing i mean he accomplished brexit that's what he was like put on the <laughs> earth to do so i mean it would be sort of um, that's a poetic. good way to go out, you know. Yeah, like I was saying early on that Trump was going to die of coronavirus because, like, of course, this man who, like, you know, five years ago came comes down the escalator and is his mm-hmm. own skyscraper it's, it's and, and lets us know that he's going to be president right. and becomes like the central figure of world dialogue for five years is going to die in this like unprecedented like obviously that's that's like that's how the story has right. to go. Of course, you know, yeah. go on. Well, I think that. Um, even if Boris Johnson does die, I think that when you when you become a celebrity, um, assuming you don't just trip yourself into it, um, I think that there is a kind of thing you have to just agree to that like if you are going to make change in the world, when you die, it's going to make a lot of people happy, um, and a lot of people are going to be excited about that. Um, and this is a, that's a good thing to think about during Holy Week, right? Like when <laughs> when you die, there's people going to be thrilled and. Uh, and you just have to sort of make peace with that, and it's it's kind of the deal. Oh my! I can picture like, um, obviously. I mean, again, like, I don't want anybody to like. Everyone has to die, so I, I don't like. I don't. I don't want anyone specifically to die for any specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, since I personally don't want to live forever, I, I'm not gonna like wish that on anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I don't really even want to be ninety, but um. So you want a good death. You want a death that uh, you have time to prepare for, 
Yeah, um, and like, like, I hope mine is sort of dramatic and overstated, but um, <laughs> I could see though but not something sudden. were to happen. Like you, you want you you would want at least some time to yeah, like drawn out, for right. sure, like a two parter. Yeah, two parter, um, uh, and and you'd want um, like to have a life before it that had a, some sort of arc to it. I think right. Zach um, wants to get sick in May and then have everyone think about it for the summer and then die in September. That would be just great. L- yeah, just oh, like I a television show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not not during the 9-11 memorial because that's disrespectful. Right before um, it. No, because okay. then people would forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was going to say, though, if something were to happen to Trump, I imagine people would like the sort of internet conservatives would be like, you know who else had people cheer when he died? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine Jezebel. Mike Huckabee would, would say that, would, like, yeah, right. go on Fox News yeah. and say that. Yeah, just, yeah. Huckabee, as, he's a pretty a funny guy us. on Twitter, kind of like you. Yeah. He's, uh... He, no, M- Mike Huckabee is great, and he does give... Uh, we were talking about this before um, we started the podcast, but... Crazy how I tied that in. There is this no, it's great. There is this um this uh like gift to people where um we we are no longer being told what to think every day. Um where like sometimes I would feel like, you know, you like you get on Twitter, you log on and there's like an instruction thing that is like you are given your assignment for the day about what to be mad about, right? Um and mm-hmm. maybe someday like on some days you get to be either the person who people are mad at or you get to be the person who uh like first who like first gets mad at somebody um by quote tweeting them and then starting a flame war but there is this kind of like every morning we wake up and we are told what to think we're told what to like what to react to what are the news stories and most people do that most people say fine I'll do that and like whatever we're talking about today, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna join in. Um, with this pandemic, it's almost like all of that has stopped, right? And it, now it's just the virus. That's all anyone is talking about is the pandemic. And bec- and we're no longer receiving our morning briefing, our morning instructions on what to be angry about, what to think. And so I feel like like normies, people who wake up in the morning and just receive the instructions dutifully, uh, they are in a bad position with this pandemic. They have no idea what to think. Um, they don't know how to entertain themselves. They, uh, and, and they're sick, uh, you know, like all of us, sick of just hearing about the virus. Um, and, and so I feel like it's always a gift <laughs> for, to, like, to give people the gift of outrage, where here's something really easy to dunk on. Like Eric Erickson putting up what looked like a burning cross <laughs> on the lawn. And I like Eric. Like personally, I like him like, and uh, like, like we, like we get along and uh, I, well, made I don't fun- think he meant it. Like, I don't, I get the sentiment. It was just one of those where it was fu- like, I it was, tweeted. It was, it like, was take, funny. I was like, Turn, he was like, I had the lights. And I was like, take the lights off, please. Yeah. But like, I anyway, <laughs> what, but it was funny. Like it wasn't, it was like, it was funny because it was like, Painfully, uh, right. ac- and like nobody was actually offended. and it's super funny. Yeah, no one was actually offended. No one actually experienced the offense firsthand. Like I am angry, of like a at burning this. cross, right? Instead, 
they saw it as maybe this is offensive in general, or maybe this is offensive to someone I invented in my head, and therefore I get to you know trash him for it. Um, but I also think it's yeah. just funny to make fu- it's funny to make fun of people, and it's funny to dunk on people, and and we should get dunk on, you know we I should get dunked it. on. Um, it's a good humbling experience, and comedy at its I best. I know, but yeah, I imagine. A comedy at its best is about the the like the fragility of our egos and the fragility of our plans, our our inability to uh, plan well. To like we we try and be really serious and give a presentation and we fart or something, you know, like just like there's just things that are like we are creatures and we're constantly trying to resist that knowledge that we are creatures and part a big part of comedy is reminding us that we are reminding us that like all right you can you can do this but you're gonna fail like you can spend hours making a birthday cake but you might spill it like it's and that's funny um so all that just to say that mike huckabee posting memes about chuck norris is a gift to people to normies who at least know now that i can be mad about that i know how to dunk on um, but for, for the our rest listening of us, audience, what was uh, what was the Chuck Norris meme? If you could just, if you could just, oh, re- the Chuck Norris it. meme. He posted, and this had nothing to do with anything. It was just Chuck Norris, and it said Chuck Norris goes to a feminist convention and leaves with a sandwich and his shirt ironed. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, it's it's just sexist. I mean, it's sexist, but it's just pure sexism that is just so easy to dunk. It's, it's just a gift, you know. Whereas, like, a lot of sexism is, like, complicated and, like, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know what to think about s- some issues and you have to try and figure it out. And, and But with that, it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you for just giving me, like, something easy. Like, I was having a hard day and this is something easy I can be mad about. It's a gift. I love it. I mean, because, like, I, I will say... Um, like Mike Huckabee is is like the he's like a caricature of what I don't like, mm-hmm. um, and that tweet was I was I appreciated it because I was like okay so often he even sometimes when he's like in a way arguing for the same thing as me mm. he does it in such a wrong way that it makes me mad because I'm like you're you're like this is awful right. but. I, I saw that and I was like, he clearly saw this meme and thought, huh, like, I'm going to tweet this. Right. And I was like, I can relate to that chaotic energy. <laughs> like that, I can, I'm like, I will respect this. I'm going like, to do I, this. It's going to make a lot of people angry. And, and that's really what I'm trying to do with India and, and Pakistan right now. You know, you got 1.5 billion people. They're all mad. And which, okay, I, which one's the bigger one? Um, I Is, think Pakistan's which, bigger. <laughs> Pakistan's uh bigger than india i think um like just spiritually i think it's 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 a it's a bigger country i will say all the sweetest people online are from pakistan yeah like i at least that's been my experience like obviously i have nothing it's literally just from interacting with you on twitter and then Mm -hmm. people fall but like i've never had so many people like invite me to their country and tell me how much i would like it there and how it's misunderstood Mm -hmm. um those are all one person uh, who runs the <laughs> IT? Oh, I had this idea last night. Where, what if, because like India accuses all the Pakistani trolls of just being like an IT farm, 
uh, run by the ISI, and the and the and the opposite allegation happens too, where it's all just a Indian intelligence troll farm and stuff. And so I had I had this fantasy that it was actually just just two people fighting online, that it was just an Indian with thousands of accounts and a Pakistani with thousands of accounts fighting, and they're just keeping everybody entertained. And it's just this entire illusion of, uh, like, of like a, a flame war or a storm or anything like that. And it's really just two guys. Might even be the same guy who's just playing both sides and has all these accounts and makes them fight. And, um, but, but the good thing is, is that, like, people in Pakistan and India should stay home to avoid spreading the coronavirus. And that is not a culture that uh, does well... I mean, or that is used to, number one, personal space, but also, like, not getting together with people. Um, like, in Pakistan, you go over to someone's house, and there's, like, 50 people over there, and you're like, oh, wow, is this, like, an event? And they're like, no, this is just people came over. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's also, like, how do you shut that down? How do you, how do you transform Pakistan into, like the, like, the way that the family structure is? How do you make them white by, like, forcing the nuclear family on them by preventing them from going and seeing their grandparents like everyone yeah. has to stay inside it's, it's insane There's, no one stays inside in Pakistan they all stay outside and talk um, I kind of thought the same about Italy because like I, I was there for a short time in school and I, I just remember being like these people's homes aren't even built with the assumption that they spend very much time in here except like mm-hmm. sleeping and cooking like and then as soon as they're done cooking they go outside Right. and so I'm like I don't like they like our like we have like McMansions and uh, everything here sort of built around being basically a shut in, and so but I'm like yeah the the rest of the world doesn't live like this and like that's what we like about them but then yeah I'm like I don't know how you if you can make Italians go inside I'm I'm convinced you can do it for for anybody yeah I mean that's part of the answer is that um is just to make people stay home and yell at each other on the internet there's probably going to be an, a, like a phd written someday on how trolls saved lives during the during the long lent that was that that, that was that that was my favorite option um on uh someone so, someone tweeted what will this be called in the future this pandemic and i yeah. liked i liked the long lent uh but there's this joke that matt told that i i just feel like didn't get the credit it was due oh wow i can't wait to hear this so it it was a tweet and he talks about he went to the home depot and said excuse me sir where are your wheeled barrows (laughs) and i i've like i have it bookmarked that's funny and i just like retweet it every few weeks hoping that like this is the time that it like right because i feel like when jokes spread it's because they just they just like have there's like that magic energy where they like scratch the funny bone and like a million people retweeted. Yeah, and I just like think something that that in the zeitgeist that made them, uh, that made it seem like now is the time. Right, because you'll see these jokes that are like literally took a bath, lol, and it'll get like a million retweets, and then I'm like, oh, this must just be a celebrity I haven't heard of, and it's like literally someone with 200 followers, but mm-hmm. for some reason, like the exact thing they said at the exact moment that people saw it just made everybody laugh. Yeah, and, like I, and. and it's it's interesting to go back through Facebook, like your memories on Facebook, where they tell you like here's oh, what I said one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, like caused me a lot of problems. Well, the first thing the first thing that I like about it is I get to see 
like me it, it looks like I'm cheating on my wife because it's like me and a, a different girl with like and she has like oh, ladies and gentlemen Jeremy had so many girlfriends before he was married well it's like I mean well I, I mean I, I, I did and the, well they were always long term so I did not spend a lot of time single I didn't have a lot of girlfriends but I did not spend a lot of time single um but the <laughs> it sounds like I'm bragging I'm really not bragging about that uh but the um like like you'll see Facebook and it'll it'll be like a message from me like posting on some girl's wall like you know are you coming over tonight or something like that like from the early days of Facebook and the girl has as her profile picture the current day right and so it's like her and her husband with kids and it just seems like I'm like really obviously oh, so arranging funny. an affair that is really funny <laughs> you should like reply and be like yeah I should can't married yeah I can't sorry <laughs> I should do that. That'd be funny. Um, but I, but I also like, like there's things that I've posted in the past that have been like really, really like done really, really well. And I, I, I'm, I'm like, why did that do well? I can, I'm trying to remember the context to that. And maybe there's just like a moment of like severe national tension where people are really, really nervous about everything. And then somebody tweets something that sort of breaks that tension. Like, my favorite thing to tweet um, is, I don't mean to alarm anybody, but uh, the um, the Archduke, uh, for Archduke Ferdinand was, like, was just assassinated. Because <laughs> that would be, like, a funny thing to happen, just to, like, a funny way to announce the beginning of a war. Um, and But that would only be funny if there was that national mood of tension that was sort of just behind the scenes, that, that like, energy that then... You know, you break, and but then later you look at it and you don't even know. I think my favorite, like, thing where we all just decided to stop thinking about reality and laugh was Big Cow. Big, yeah. Do you remember Big Cow? It was a Big Cow. When I mean, was right, that? No, I've, I've How long ago was that? It. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Yeah. I mean, it was probably only, like, three months ago. Hmm. But I have a, a a friend in town who I'm gonna video chat with him about how to set up my office because my, my my office is um I've sort of turned it into a studio where I make videos and I'm like I'm kind of getting more and more serious about it like trying to figure out like what's my long term like what's the future of comedy in this situation and mm -hmm. um so part of it is just I need to set up my office so that it's efficient so I'm not having to rearrange everything whenever I do something um, so I can like go to this side and do a video go to this side and do a podcast so I'm hanging out with this uh, this guy online um, who's gonna give me some advice I think so yeah I think a lot of people are sort of pivoting like there was this because uh, like most like in Arkansas for instance hotels are explicitly shut down to like right. discourage people from visiting and so like one guy that I know of he like his whole career has been hotels and so to write up the pandemic he's his new job is he's the president mm. um and so that's been like his change but so you obviously like your main source of revenue is is live shows and events right and, like stand-up's a very specific art form that like doesn't really lend itself well to to like anything other than a live 
show yeah, with pe- an audience. Pe- so people, kind of what are you doing now to keep going? Right. So just to explain, people think that it's something that can be streamed. because But what you're streaming um, is a live show. Um, that is what you do when you go on Netflix and you, and you stream uh, stand-up comedy. You're streaming a live show, and the person who's performing got good because they did live shows for a decade or or or, or in or, live or like you mean like two decades with an audience like an in studio yeah, there's audience. an audience there and the audience is mic'd they've got mics hidden throughout the audience uh so that you can pick up the um the the, the people a lot of the people are they make, like boom mics or do they sort of see people and like no this like dude in, looks like a laugher no they're, they're like, like some the guy seats. walks in they're like mm, he probably has a loud laugh they're just, like, they're just mic him like, up they're just in the seats Okay. I did. Uh, like you see those people at movies, you're like, oh, this person's gonna laugh pretty loud. Right. Like, I'm not gonna describe. Them, well, like, I know, but a lot of the people who are, who are booked, um, or who get seats at those shows are executives, like assistants or whatever, and these are people who have good laughs. I mean, the p- people who are, I mean, there's a staple number of people. It's not just that you sell tickets to a show. You don't just say, hey, everybody, I'm filming a Netflix special, C- come to the show. Sometimes that's true, but you know that that opens itself up to you know a, de- a dead crowd it's like no no pe- uggos. people in the We're audience who audience laugh pans. a few you know a, a few seconds too early um which can just kill a show like there's a whole dynamic behind laughter in a show like it's an organism it's not just a a thing that you like pump in to tell other people to laugh now which is what people say about laugh tracks like it is a conversation it is like a communal experience and if you take the laughter out it would suck. Um, that's why, like, you can't judge Trump by watching his, his, uh, his, like, town hall. Not not town hall, but his rallies. I'm um, still gonna judge him. Well, I'm you gonna, can't, but but, but you you can't be like, you know, when like, he's like screaming. Not even screaming, but just like it's a totally different energy when you're there. Yeah, um, like the isolated mics from those. Right. Like and c- like compare a Trump rally to a Trump press conference. Mm-hmm. Which is just sad, um, and or or even know, like a Trump address have been, have been hitting different during pan, during Corona. Yeah. Anyway, well, I I just think that like st- st- stand up comedy is not going to be able to survive in its current form if this is the new normal. Um, I think I mean unless they move to like VR headsets where like people really do feel like they're there and you feel like they're there and. Um, but uh, so I'm pivoting. I mean, I'm writing material and I'm excited to go back on tour when this is over, inshallah. Uh, but there is, you know, there's the there's the potential that even if the pandemic does, um, you know, end, that there will be such a like maybe the borders will stay strong between countries Maybe this like it'll be harder to travel. Maybe it'll just be super expensive to fly, um, and and it'll it'll become more and more expensive to hire someone to come do comedy at your event or to go and do comedy shows. Um, I don't know. It's it's really it's 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 hard to tell. So I'm pivoting to uh, live stuff, to doing a podcast with my wife, uh, to. You know, doing a green, doing green screen stuff. I'm like learning Urdu and and posting videos of myself learning Urdu, um, and just trying to stay funny. And then, as far as the business model, I've switched to like to Patreon, where 
you know people who like my stuff can like can donate and that's kind of interesting so for um like learning or so obviously i think as english speakers we probably don't quite have the appreciation that people like we're used to everybody learns our language mm-hmm. and there's kind of a, a sort of etiquette around when people have like really broken english like how that's like it's funny if it's melania right. or whatever but in general we're supposed to be respectful so like but like we wouldn't go in and start doing like like you can't do like a east asian accent mm-hmm. anymore because like like that's disrespectful and i mean it was disrespectful before but it, so how does the sort of crowd because a lot of them obviously speak this so like mm-hmm. how do they like do they love it is it funny it's like obviously funny. you're not good at it right I assume. It, it's yeah i mean my my pronunciation is terrible and i'm uh making lots of mistakes but i i think that like you could literally be the first has, person doing this publicly. Like, well, it would be uh, weird if I had zero Pakistani fans and had no connection to Pakistan historically in my like in my life, and just suddenly was like, I'm going to learn Urdu and I start tweeting, you know, things that are like kind of making fun of it. You have to build goodwill, and I have, you know, a lot of goodwill with uh like with Pakistanis. Not obviously not all of them, but um I have an, an, an enough goodwill where they see this as affectionate. And they see this as an inside joke. Um, and I, I, I had a theory about goodwill uh, a while ago where I was like, you know, a you need to build goodwill with your audience um, and then you spend it on insulting them. <laughs> and then if you never spend it, then you're a hack uh, who's just like, I love you guys. Give me some likes or whatever, you know. Um, and or just like constantly telling your audience what they want to hear, right? Um, but if you don't have any goodwill and you try to spend it, it's not going to do any good. And that's like the people who are like universally hated by the group they're trying to preach to. Um, and right. It's, just, it's like it just when the, work. like the Instagram people discover like you know Chinese toilets or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. They're like oh my gosh. Right. Um. Yeah, no, because I mean, I was thinking it would just be interesting, obviously, if you were, if you spoke Urdu, but then obviously, and I mean, Pakistan has like a lot of history of, of, with Britain and stuff, so like, it's not like English is unheard of there, but again, like, it's probably not a common experience to have people learning your language, especially if you speak Urdu. Right. I feel like that would be sort of entertaining to watch. Yeah, Like, for comedy, and then just sort of like, like, you know, this is new. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's been true. I mean, I've uh, been learning it for a while, and so um, I'm, I'm kind of, like a lot of the stuff that I do, I'm sort of intentionally <laughs> intentionally bad at it. Um, yeah. But, but I think that... You're kind of going through what, like, the entire, uh, like, non-English speaking world has to go through. In order to learn just Urdu. Just by, like, just to do anything. So, yeah, that's why I think it's kind of funny. Like, you know, finally the tables are turned and, like, somebody that knows English is having to actually learn. Right. And, and, and that's what, I mean, I, I probably spend too much time being, uh, reflective about my career. Like it's and like, and, and sometimes it it paralyzes me because I become too self-conscious about how stuff sounds or like where I'm headed or whatever, but very meta. I, yeah, it's too much. Um, I'm trying to be less meta, but I think that people, um, like, 
what I'm doing, like, and like what I do, where I am, uh, where I'm doing comedy in front of, like, I'm Catholic. I do comedy in front of Muslims, and I do comedy in Pakistan. Like, that is something that, um, if people saw it, might see as racist or might see as, um, uh, like, oh, what is he doing? And there is, in like, in a lot of quarters in 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 Pakistan, there is a suspicion of me. Of like what is he trying to do like all this stuff at the same time there is a uh a like like the like the fish out of water is a staple of comedy um that is a staple of comedy movies comedy shows and uh like the person who comes in and and we have that in america we have tons of like there's lots of foreigners who are here who and them experiencing us and seeing us from an outside perspective um, in an affectionate way is appreciated. Um, and we do like that. And we, we uh, like, they're, they're like wealthy comedians. So. Yeah. They, uh, did it take, how long did it take for them to kind of embrace you? Well, like, I knew, I knew, I knew Pakistanis. I mean, it was, it was well, immediate once I started um, doing, doing comedy um, but yeah, cause you grew up, you like, you had friends, but I mean, as, as far as like the more general Pakistani public, were, were they pretty accepting to you pretty yeah. easily? Yeah, I would say so. And I, and I, and I think that's because I, I, I have an attitude towards cultural difference where I think it's really important. Um, like, like there's a big difference in my head between, um, learning the rules of a culture, mm-hmm. um, and trying to like carry out those rules when you interact with people. Like I always, I always hate the idea, which is really common that you have to learn how to interact with the culture before you do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much, much better to uh, develop like the virtues of like how, if I get thrown into a situation where I don't know anything, how do I figure it out? Um, that seems and, much more real. Like people, yeah, I think, for sure people probably appreciate that as opposed to like if you if you try and learn all their customs it almost treats them kind of like zoo animals right exactly right yeah yeah and so like all of the learning that i've done as far as pakistanis as far as muslims go has been in person um i don't i've i've never looked up like 12 funniest things about pakistan or (laughs) or or like uh you know muslim jokes i've never looked any of that up it's mm-hmm. just me interacting with with Muslims and Pakistanis and and joking around, and then those interactions become material, and the stories that we have together become become that. So that's I think what that, I was gonna, yeah. That's what I was thinking was like probably the jokes it, when you make fun of them, it probably is a lot more real than like instead of like some stock joke where like you're just poking at the low hanging fruit, but you're just yeah. And 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 that's what a lot of people don't realize about comedy or about offensive jokes mm-hmm. is that you know like 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 they tell a joke that's like offensive towards trans people and then they'll get yelled at and they'll be like oh you just, I just don't like comedy or something like that and it's like well but if you're trans like that's the like the that's like the hundredth time you've heard that right like you know comedy has to be based in truth and so um and, and, I, and I think that 
like offensiveness. And is, I mean, to be fair, I will say the people yelling at you are usually the like the allies, right? <laughs> yeah, usually it's people like on. It, like, it's always allies. Yeah, like, that, it's, it's never. That's, that's another rule I have is that like I'll listen to somebody if they're offended, but mm-hmm. I will not listen to anyone who's offended on behalf of someone else. Um, uh, yeah, allies just, are the real. <laughs> no, it's I'm terrible. Um, but I think that a lot of times when we say that something is offensive, we really mean that the person's lying, um, that what they're saying is not based in truth, that they're mm-hmm. missing something really key about the context. And that makes people feel lonely. Um, like if someone, like, you know, if, if you're in public and, or if you're at a party and someone is introducing you to people and they get something really wrong about you, or they make a joke that like doesn't, that's like completely mi- like misrepresents who you are. It'll make you feel lonely and not understood. Um, and part of what comedy does is that it makes people feel less lonely. It makes people feel like like that is possible. Like it is possible for a uh, like Christian guy from South Carolina to interact with and learn the culture of Pakistan. Like that is something that like that that is possible. It's not it's not easy. I mean, otherwise, lots of people would do it and whatever. But it's it is something that um, uh, that I I like um, I like modeling for other people. That, like this is something that, and and it does make people feel um, like 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 well, like someone gets them, or at least someone's trying yeah. to. Yeah. When I I also think that in, in a lot of times, like having been to your shows and seen it like you're kind of the butt of a lot of the jokes yeah i mean it's it's like, not like, like ah, you kind of being it's in like pakistan me. you're not like making fun of that it's like they're laughing at you you're not like in pakistan right. saying like oh how yeah, funny it's, it's is a, it that things here are different than what right. i'm used to it's usually like look at this guy that's like bumbling around pakistan like right. no idea like yeah to like, me, like, like my favorite character is uh is the really really liberal guy who um, tries to like out liberal other people and ends up being really offensive. Um, and, and I said this when when all this quarantine thing happened. I had that tweet about like, you know, going to see my neighbor and telling her that I wanted her to know that I didn't blame China. Oh right. And if she needs anything, anyway, she's Japanese. But if I do this enough, you know, it'll eventually be true. Like I'll eventually <laughs> get it right. And I just love that. And I had another one, like, my most viral tweet was on, I was in the UK, and I was like, you know, this, like, this, it was Christmas Day, and this Muslim woman came up to me and said, Merry Christmas, and I said, and Happy Ramadan to you, and uh, it was a beautiful moment of interfaith harmony and a stunning rebuke of Brexit, (laughs) and and then she she said, but it's not Ramadan, and I was like, shut up, Granny, like, this is a a fake story, I need the retweets, you know? And uh, that's like my favorite character. And that's like a lot of times that's the character that I play on stage. Where Jeremy's like a grown up. He's like the grown up woke five year old. Right. Like saying profound things throughout the world. That's right. That's right. What a. Just a. What do you like? You said you were doing the video and you were doing all the uh, you're trying to pivot. But like. Mm-hmm. How do you pivot? Yeah. How do you stay? Well, it's not a matter of pivoting. Um, like I, I've been reading a lot of uh, um, Taleb. Uh, what, 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 what's his first name? Like, like Nassim, Nassim? Taleb. Nicholas Nassim yeah. Taleb. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. And um, so I'm 
in the back of my mind, I am predicting that like this is going to be a long term thing and it's going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I have a hard time imagining things going back to how they were yeah. like two months ago, just because every every outcome sort of is an argument for keeping up quarantine and mm-hmm. stuff. Like I, I'm yeah. If you were to ask me like it, in two months, are we going to be living like we were in January? Mm-hmm. My like I would I wouldn't bet money on it. Right, and, and so I don't. I mean, I don't have any, but I'm not like you, predicting. I mean, I I am predicting that it's going to be bad, but if it's not bad, if it goes away in a month, I'll be back to normal. My shows will be rescheduled, and I'll still I'll still be doing this stuff. I'll mm-hmm. still be doing the videos. I'll still be doing the podcast. I'll still be doing the Patreon and everything. Um, and so I'm just diversifying and like finding a way to make my art anti-fragile, to use Taleb's uh, thing, where so that like if the pandemic does go bad or d- does stay the way it is my career is not ruined um and you know don't put all my eggs in one basket kind of thing um i forgot the question yeah, we you could asked. make you available to speak at like skype funerals hey, sure yeah this goes on I'll, well, I'll, I, I'll do some eulogies i i actually didn't ask a question but you kind of answered what i was gonna i was gonna say it was gonna be a really lame question but it uh it was just gonna ask like how you how you like stay inspired and like it, it oh. basically is just a for the i assume what the answer what you just said is like you know to keep doing what you're doing and provide for your family but i mean as opposed to like like how do you not let the quarantine just like get you down especially in your in your line of work where you're always because i i was listening to the podcast you did with your wife and you were mm-hmm. talking about how it's tough it's tough being home for like two weeks in a row right when it's not by choice right Right. yeah yeah and it is it is hard and part of it is that um i would have time by myself um you know traveling Mm -hmm. and it's not and so so that like the chaos would be at home traveling would is not a chaos it's relaxing you know it's that's that, that and that's different than how it was at the beginning when i first started doing comedy um it was relaxing to be at home and then travel would be exciting but now it's 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 a little bit the opposite because I have two kids under two and and they are uh, very like disruptive and like I mean they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but as as far as staying inspired, um, I think that a lot of it is that I didn't I didn't get my opinions and my interests from uh, like like from those morning instructions that like the culture sends me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my creativity hasn't dried up. If anything, it's, it's, it's like gotten, I've, I've become more creative, um, as, as, as this has been going on. And so, you know, I'm not bored at all. Um, I've got plenty of stuff to do. Um, but, but the, then again, like, I like I've the ne- people I've, that are like, they've totally repainted their houses and they've done all, and they're like, I'm out of things to do. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was like watching TV on my on my iPad until mm. I got up and went and watched TV in the living room. Right. That's true. Like that, <laughs> like that why was not my day. Create something. Um, that's true. You know, why not, uh, like you, like you watch a TV show. Why not create a TV show? Why not? I mean, just for fun, just for, 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 for whatever. Like, there, like there shouldn't be a point to anything you do like that. It should be just tinkering. It's just like, look around and see if there's something interesting. Um, if you find something interesting, go down that rabbit hole. But I think people are too self-conscious about that stuff. Where they're like, 
Well, I would write a TV show, but it wouldn't be very good. It's like, but very good to who? Like, would it make you laugh? Mm -hmm. Like, if you can make yourself laugh by writing, then that's all you need to do. And just do that. And, like, but I, I feel like people who, it, like, there might be an irony here where I feel like people who have mental illness, uh, like me and lots of artists, where we have long bouts of depression, anxiety, all this stuff, um, I feel like now might be fine. Um, like I, I feel like I am in a much healthier, me like mentally well place than other people where they're having to deal with like for the first time feeling those feelings. Gotcha. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. That, that sort of reminds me, and you may be familiar with this because of your past work, of what people call like the social model of disability. Mm -hmm. Where like one example is, okay, well, being deaf... Um, is a disability because most people can hear but if most people could not hear then being able to hear would be a disability because there wouldn't be noise ordinances right. or anything like that and so I'm kind of looking at this and I'm like yeah being depressed depression seemed like a mental illness when we were expected to get dressed every day mm -hmm. uh, but now it's the rest of y'all that have the illness like who's who's mentally ill now yeah and and, um, and Taleb talks about it in anti-fragile where um, about ADHD where you you need like it's fine it's fine to have seasons of, like it's fine for your mood to have seasons it's fine to be upset one day and because in general this is true of like economics politics whatever he's very against people trying to smooth out very, like volatility and so one thing that you like people do that's really dangerous is they try to smooth out their own their, their own rhythms where they should they should feel the same all the time or <coughs> yeah they should feel the same all the time or they should uh, have the same thoughts they should not like if they are, have a day where they're really passionate and really angry and then the next day they are more thoughtful and pensive then that's a problem and that needs to be solved like it's not a problem you just need to be okay with it and especially like when you have kids, like the kids will just get in moods and that's not a problem. That's part of what it means to be human. Um, and so just being accepting of your, your, like, what do you need in order to be creative? What do you need in order to, to like to, to, like to do well um, throughout this quarantine? Just accept it and do it. Yeah. A lot of people were telling on themselves when it was like day three and they're like, what what do you do with your kids? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like guys. Also, like they, they're, they're they're like, how do you keep your kids entertained? Like it, it might just be my kids, like but um, Jewel entertains herself, like in a very loud, cr like creative way, and we try to keep up with her. Um, and m maybe that's just like genetics or something, but like. Like it's like we do not have to find stuff for her to do. Um, she's just constantly trying to do stuff that like she probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I um, I'm like not because I don't have children. I'm I'm not very like good at the whole kid thing. Mm -hmm. Like I can play them on TV, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever I'm at friends' houses and they have children, I'm always like thinking that if the kids are in the room, we have to be monitoring everything that oh, they yeah, do yeah. like both because like they're gonna choke or they're gonna get bored or like 
how can we have a con like you know do we need to wait till they go to bed to have any sort of conversation because we need to be focused on them and it's just funny because the kids will be like in the other room doing stuff and they'll be like stuff banging around and mm -hmm. i'm like looking around like are your kids in danger am i distracting <laughs> you from parenting no, i'm a big and uh, they're always like i'm, a, I'm like bro I'm, chill i'm a big fan of of free range kids um that whole movement it's a book and uh where or, organic free-range kids yeah organic free-range children I, and I, I always children. joked about muslims having free-range kids because if you go to these events like the kids are just running around the parents aren't even like watching them um and then like once it's they this hit, new thing called all of human history before the 90s right. yeah yeah i mean you really like you you need to be teaching your like instead of constantly getting onto your child for climbing on things um which is bad for them and it's also just makes your life yeah, miserable get off the shed. instead teach them um balance like that should be an activity that you do and so jewel climbs up on chairs she climbs up on tables and she's really fast at it and we can't really stop her but she has never fallen um and, and so it's it, it, I, I guess it's risky but like we can't stop her from doing it without being oppressive and abusing her or anything so um instead you train your kids uh how to be independent and how to uh you know mitigate risk and um and you I mean, you, know, you don't let them do anything that would kill them um but other than that like really just i, I and I, i'm so suspicious of schooling in general where I think that kids have this natural curiosity where they want to learn everything and then we beat it out of them. Like school is so bad. <laughs> like, well, that's that. the, they talk about the different styles of learning, right? How like, mm -hmm. like young girls learn a certain way, young boys learn a certain way. And that's why, that's why like boys can become you know they doctors and ceos <laughs> and engineers <laughs> yeah exactly uh <laughs> and uh but yeah just like why they, they seem like they're detached but really they're just not learning in the way that is being forced upon them right yeah and i think that's uh it's funny to see teachers admit this or like you know i feel like there's lots of examples of this where our our, our like the way that we do things is just all coming out where um, people are now trying to homeschool their kids, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the and the teachers are having to go on Twitter and be like, "You do not need to homeschool them for eight hours. Like, you only have to homeschool them for like an hour." Mm -hmm. And we're like, "Oh, so then what? Why do we send them to public school for or to just school in general for eight hours?" And it's like, "Well, it's crowd control." Yeah, um, right. We, I mean, we recently when there were like proposals for lengthening the school day um and they wanted to link it to match the work day it was like this is why we do this like mm -hmm. you understand right like it's so people are available to like generate capital right like i don't i don't know how to i don't, I don't want to like i'm not anti-learning obviously like i'm so smart and i hope everybody <laughs> is but um yeah like the reason the school day is the link that it is is so that like people can work for their bosses mm -hmm. all day right yeah and and it's not even it's just i don't think that's how m most learning happens i mean when i think oh the kids are going to be so much smarter after all of this like and that, that's not a dig against teachers in schools it's just saying that like 
they're gonna have to actually do stuff right like they're gonna and there's plenty of schools and there's plenty of teachers who have a very like you know hands-off approach to just like cultivating curiosity and letting kids learn but that does not happen with standardized tests you know um where all of america is trying to compete with china um and their standardized testing scores which Mm -hmm. are all false because they all cheat uh (laughs) (laughs) right but like we have to compete with the cheaters uh, we're trying to we're trying to compete with the coronavirus, so we're just right. trying to compete with everything with China. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's like there's an emergency. If there's any standardized tests that need to be taken, we're super prepared for right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I I don't think that that's how. Um, I mean, that th- th- that's a form of, but it's it's like the social model disability, where once you do that, then you make anyone who can't do that um, disabled. Where, mm-hmm. where <coughs> you know, you you make it so that kids have to sit still for eight hours, and so then, well, if you can't sit still, then you you must have some you know something wrong with you. Um, we we don't really respect uh, like human diversity. Yeah, and, and it's neurodiversity. And way, it's the, weird the, the because they they say that about kids, but then you get to adults who are working in like cubicles and they can't sit still for. 30 minutes right right so it's like it doesn't transition over like it, for some reason kids are held to the standard that once you get out of school you realize adults absolutely are not held to yeah and one thing that uh i mean i i go to therapy and um one like big <laughs> stigma thing, yeah. and now guys stigma <laughs> well like one thing that i like has been really really powerful in my life is um I used to always try and just cram myself into uh, like what I should be like. You know, I should be able to sit down and write for like mm-hmm. several hours or I should be able or, or like, you know, I, I leave stuff around the house and I constantly forget where stuff is. And um, how do I fix that? Right. How do I fix myself? Like I always saw myself as a project to fix. Um, and but like. I'm pretty successful. Um, yeah, you're fine. And so what in like, and like how I got here was not by doing any of that. Um, and so, but at some point along the way, I, I convinced myself that like, Oh, well I need to do this. I need to do that. And, and like, it's, I, I, I started seeing my career as like a track that I was supposed to be on where mm-hmm. like, a, like a sort of like a five year plan of my career and stuff. And I think that's just been, it's been really bad for me and I'm, I'm shedding that now and it's really exhilarating where I'm like, no, I have no idea where this is all going to end up. And if I, and, and like the less time I spend thinking about that, the better. Did, did any of your work with, uh, people with down syndrome or any of that, how'd that help you? Did that help you like learn about yourself at all? I don't know how to phrase the question, what I'm trying well, no, to what's, say. Well, it, what's funny is I had all these opinions, uh, when I worked with people with disabilities Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I just never applied them to myself. Right. Um, That's kind of what I was getting yeah, at. Actually. Like I, I, I mean, I could have all this is stuff that I would have said about people with disabilities. But when, when it came to myself, I was trying to cram myself into some, I, you know, I, re- I read like the book Deep Work. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, well, that's awesome. I wish I could do that. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. and, it's Cam Newton, right? Yeah. And he's great. I, mean, I don't I'm not against him or anything, but like. 
His later stuff on technology has been a lot better, actually. Yeah, but like with Deep Work, I'm like, wait, did you say Cam Newton? Yeah. That's the quarterback for the Panthers. That's the quarterback for the Panthers. You're yeah. thinking of Cal um, Newport. Cal, Cal Newport. Cal Newport. Yeah. My bad. Sorry, Jeremy. What were you saying? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, Cal Newport. I mean, it's great, <laughs> but, um, like, that's not how comedy works. And that's not how – I mean, I don't care if it's all comedy works or not. That's not how I work, right? Right. And I talk with this with my wife where one thing that's frustrating for her, um, although I think we're just learning to accept it, is that my creativity just happens throughout the day randomly. Um, and I'll think of something, and then I'll have to, like, stop and go and write. Um, and – like it's not something that I can just time um, and yeah so I think the what you said was your wife likes to work for two hours straight and you like to work for 10 seconds every two minutes yeah, right yeah 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 and and there's no way that like she knows whether like if, if I'm if I'm doing that um, well that that's what with me with school like I I couldn't read a sign reading like I just had such a hard time mm. I had a hard time like being told you need to read a hundred pages of this because I'm like well I'm just gonna do it and not like learn anything about it mm. which kind of held me back and then I mean it didn't hold me back grade wise it held me back with like reading and I never enjoyed reading as mm. much as I did when I graduated from college because then I could just read yeah. For the sake of reading, right? Well, but e also, e even even when I was in college and in mm -hmm. school in general, um, I, w I was smart enough to like, to like, you know, just learn or just to like, you know, make A's without trying. Sure. And then and then the rest of the time, I I read and I read stuff that um, like I have not stopped reading since I got out of college. Um, so I don't know why I paid for college, but um, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I could have just gotten a library card, you know, like 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 Goodwill Hunting says, but I think, um, yeah, I, I but I think accepting yourself and just being okay with, like who you are and being eccentric is fine, um, and I think that's a big, that was a bit, that was a big breakthrough for me where, um, I just stopped trying to justify myself to some imaginary person in my head who was like, why do you do that? Right. Like, well, you're not a world famous artists so you know yeah i think i can relate like at, there was a point um when i was still in corporate world where i had a boss who was really dialed into like my work product and we worked together really well and he you know because he was looking at what like the actual like what was being produced and then um at a different phase i had someone who just spent a lot of time watching like hovering over me yeah and they were just kind of like consistently frustrated mm -hmm. and it would be like okay well i i did all the stuff i'm supposed to do and they're like but you like got up and walked around so many times right. and it's one of those like well yeah like but what is the, the like you could have done so much more if if you hadn't done that. and like i couldn't have probably done anything right if exactly yeah tried yeah. to do it your yeah, way they're like, like, they're like well if you can work if, if you can do this much work in 30 minutes then you can do the like th this much work in eight hours like 16 times that that's not true at all yeah i don't know it, that's not how that, yeah like our brains work and and like you know i will uh go down a rabbit hole i mean where 
like I'll learn a bunch of stuff and I'll get really excited about something and, and just go down like full speed ahead and then I'll just lose interest and that's fine. Like it's not a sign of, I used to see that as like a sign of failure or like a lack of grit um, where I, I would lose interest and stop doing something so I must be, you know, too easily discouraged or something. But it's just, I would lose, in I would lose interest and that's okay. Um, and honestly, like I would not be where I am if I didn't allow myself to do that. If I wasn't like, you know what, maybe I should start, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, but I'm gonna start doing material about the difference between Christians and Muslims. And I'm gonna do it um, like in a way that people haven't done before. Um, and I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go perform for like 2000 Muslims. Have you and ha have you guys ever noticed how Christians drive like this and Muslims drive <laughs> like this? Sunni, Su Sunnis and Shias. I have yeah. I, I have a bit about that, but yeah, because like one of the first shows I did, they they told me not to make any jokes about the difference between Sunni and Shia, and I was like, who did they have the last year that did that? That like like some club comic who was like Sunnis do this and Shias. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. <laughs> But yeah, like I would not be where I am if I had planned it. Um, so why would I, why would I keep doing that? But I think there's a point in success, and maybe this is just part of being a brand um, that's so dangerous, is that once you get known for something, then that's what people want, um, and you like people will get mad at you um, if you try and veer away. Like whereas when I first started doing comedy. I was doing material about a billion things um, and it was freeing and I could have any kind of interest I wanted. But then once I became like super well known for um, like religion and like especially like Catholic Muslim stuff, then that's what people wanted to hear. And if I wanted to like do a um, like write like a 15 minute bit on Lord of the Rings, like where would I perform that? Like because people are <laughs> like, no, we, we want to hear Freebird kind of thing. So you have to just be fearless and uh, and just and just refuse that and just be like you know my true fans are people who like me and are interested in how my brain works. They're not interested in me just saying whatever they want me to say. It's like they 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 want to see me work. I think the the best compliment I ever got was from a guy Isaac Morehouse, who uh, he he told me he liked watching me work. I thought that was just the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. That is very sweet. That is very sweet. They that's like how people they come up to Zach and say, uh, "We we like watching you gif." They just do the <laughs> ah the ah gif right in his face. Yeah, they're like, "You were so cute when you were a kid." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so if people want to be sweet and keep up with what you're up to now, Jeremy, how can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me on, uh, so every every social media you can find me, and it's just my name, Jeremy McClellan, uh, with one C. And not McClellan, guys, it's McLellan. It's McLellan, but also, so, <clears throat> Jeremy McClellan, there is a Jeremy McClellan with two C's, and he went to prison for financially exploiting people with disabilities. Whoa, yeah, and and it uh, do be like that sometimes. Yeah, so I used to have a bit about how, um, you know, I, like, like before I got well known, like if if someone Googled me, they would get him, like a new, like a news report thing, um, and I wondered if people <coughs> would think that he was me, like in prison, 
like they can you know keep coming up to him like you know write me a joke you know (laughs) and but like maybe he does do that maybe he starts writing jokes just like from the pressure and then gets good at it and then gets let out early on funny behavior that was my what i said yeah it's a lot of early on funny behavior starts touring the country and makes it as a comedian before i do right you know how angry that would make me I'd, I'd probably quit comedy right go back to my old job only it didn't pay very much so i'd probably start stealing from the clients and then i get caught and then i go to prison for financially exploiting people with intellectual disabilities <laughs> uh and then i'm like or maybe this already happened Ooh. Um, dun, dun, dun. so <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy McClellan with one C, uh, and they can find me. Uh, I'm most active on on Twitter, and then second is Facebook, and then Instagram, uh, and then I have a bunch of stuff on Patreon, um, uh, which would be really great because I do, can't work right now. <laughs> um, and then Same. also, uh, um, what's it called? You have podcast with your wife. Yeah, podcast with my wife. That's on iTunes. So it's called Zun Marid, uh, which is. You, you you can also just search my name, but Zunmarid, which is uh, an Urdu term for like a henpecked husband. And whenever I'm nice to my wife, like Pakistanis accuse me of being Zunmarid, so. Nice. Lame. Well, Jeremy, thank you for thank stopping you. by. Fun. Cool. Yeah, thanks yes, thank you for stepping into the ring at the Roman Circus Podcast. And hopefully, hopefully we can see you in a town near us sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. As soon as it's safe for the most vulnerable among us. Right. <laughs> all right, right, gang. We will talk to you all next week. Yeah.